Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. I'm Tony, and tonight I'm joined by Liza, Adam, and our special guest, Angela Dahlgren from Touring Plans. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi, Angela. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, so what, what do you do with Touring Plans? I am their media manager. So um, I started as a blogger, then I was on YouTube, still am on YouTube. And I, right now I kind of oversee their social media. So I, I have my hands in a lot of different dishes. Is that, I think, I don't think that's the analogy. Well, you put your fingers in the food. I don't know. I but... know. No, no one would want to eat that way. <laughs> no, now, that's pretty cool though. Have, yeah. have you ever, have you ever tweeted from the restroom? <laughs> Have I ever done that? Probably, honestly. I have two kids, so getting moments of silence pretty much only takes place in the bathroom. Got you. Adam has no children, and he constantly <laughs> tweets from the men's room. We're assuming it's the men's room. It could be the family restroom. It could be the, the handicapped restroom. We're not sure where he is. We just know he's usually in a restroom somewhere. You get work done where you can, right, Tony? That is true. Uh, speaking of Adam, Angela's here tonight because of the relationship that Adam has built with Angela over, Adam, how long? How long have you known Angela? Many years. <laughs> feels like decades. It, it really. feels like forever. But Angela and, and I met on Twitter. Of course, follow us at The Mouse and More. Angela graciously had me on to the Touring Plans podcast with her and Brian McNichols. Brian um, does a lot of Touring Plans videos, too, as well. And so I was on their podcast a couple months ago, and I wanted to have Angela on with us because of, you know, her relationship with Touring Plans and, and how we all like to use Touring Plans. And also because Angela is a uh, really awesome person and, and knows a thing or two about Disney World. And Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. And so I figured, you know what, let's get her on before. For right now, we're recording this before Christmas. So what better Christmas gift than to have Angela Dahlgren on with our show? Now, and, and, and that is a wonderful gift, uh, one that should be under everyone's tree. Oh, gosh. But uh, one, one thing that, you know, some listeners might not know, especially if they're a casual uh, Disney fan or, or Parks fan, is what a touring plan actually is. So, Angela, maybe you can let us know, uh, you know, let our listeners know a little bit about touring plans and, and, and how it functions and some of the options that the touring plans has. Yeah. So first of all, touring plans is a software company that creates trip planning software for people going to the theme park. So this is Walt Disney World, Disneyland Resort and Universal Orlando Resort. So we have a bunch of tools, uh, not just touring plans. We have a crowd calendar, a room finder, a reservation finder, a room request feature. We have an app that has um, a chat, like a messaging platform. Um, it's really neat. Our crowd calendar, that kind of, it, it kind of tells you what the crowd levels for the park is going to be. And that's based off of so many different factors. We basically assign a number from one to 10 to each park based on how crowded we think the parks will be. One is the least busy, 10 is the busiest. And what is kind of the confusing part, I think people refer to when they think of wait times and they think of a 10, they think of like, oh my gosh, that's a ton of people in the park. And yeah, that's true a lot of times, but a 10 to us is how high, like the average wait time of a popular ride, like a headliner of attraction, like Splash Mountain or you know Space Mountain. Does that kind of make sense? And then our touring plans, we use an algorithm to kind of put in the attractions in an order. We kind of plan your day out. We put the attractions in. We tell you what order you should ride these attractions. And those 
touring plans can save you up to four hours in line. So it's kind of kind of fancy there. That's that's, that's very cool. Now, I, I know Liza from the travel agent side in planning for your guests, you've actually utilized touring plans uh, for some of the people you send to the parks, correct? Oh, yeah. I'm actually doing some right now for someone who, unfortunately, they're staying off-site during New Year's Eve, but I'm putting together a touring plan through touring plans to try to utilize, you know, their time more efficiently in the park so that they're not standing around looking around like, what do we do next? Because, you know, we've all seen those people looking at the park map and looking at each other like, where are we going to go? And that's where you don't want to be when you go at a peak time of year. So this website website, it really helps me as an agent guide my guests, especially people that are going to Disney and they're they're not going to go back for like four or five years. They're, they're, well, that's their plan anyway. We, we never know because sometimes they just go back the next year. And they don't <laughs> yeah, realize exactly. that they're like, oh, I'm hooked. But just in case they're not hooked, if they're just going to go that, you know, once every few years, you really want to make make it the best that it can be and I really, that's why I, I've been using touring plans since Gosh, it's pr- probably been a member since like 2009, maybe earlier. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but it's been, yeah, it's been a long time and I've, I've always kept it up because I, well, and then I do like the blog too. So I do read that. Yeah. I think that Walt Disney World and the theme parks in general can get really overwhelming. And if you're a first timer, you walk in and you're like, okay, well, where do I start? And that's, what's really nice about the touring plans is it's a step-by-step plan that tells you, okay, you go to this attraction at this time. It's going to take you this many minutes to walk there, this many minutes to ride, then you go to this attraction. And the plan also makes recommendations on how, when, and where to kind of, what's the word, like deploy FastPass Plus. So like Mm -hmm. makes recommendations on what FastPasses you should get and when to use them and where to use them. And that's also another big question kind of Disney newbies get is like, well, what FastPasses should I get? So it makes recommendations there. Right. I, I think the nice thing is, you know, somebody like Liza as a travel agent, she's utilizing the tool behind the scenes and then presenting it to her guests. But it also like an individual who's going to Disney World, if they're not using a travel agent, they can go out to touring plans. You know, they can set up their own plan. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. It, it does get overwhelming, uh, especially if you're a casual park goer or or a newbie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and something like uh, touring plans does nothing except save you time, because I think that's the most important uh, you know, important resource that, that a person or a group has during a trip is time. The more time you have free, the more you can experience, the more time for family memories. Um, so that's, that's, you know, that's the importance of time when you're visiting a park. Exactly. And thank you, Liza, for pointing out the blog. That's something that the staff who work on it, they, they work extremely hard on keeping that up. So thank you. Thank you for enjoying that. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, yeah, I do. It's like my morning coffee and blog reading. <laughs> That's what I, before I worked for Touring Plans, that was like my routine at night as I would cozy up in bed and then catch up on the blog. So I, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And I, I used to uh, read like they had like the Saturday six or something like that. And they would have the, mm-hmm. um, you know, I liked those. I enjoyed those. But it's a lot of information and a lot of updates on what's going on. And I really enjoy it. And they have 
I like how you guys have like Disneyland, you have the cruise line, you have Universal. So it, it branches out. And I did admit earlier that I do subscribe to all of them. And Which we really appreciate. <laughs> Derek Bergen still does Saturday 6, right, Angela? Yes, he does every single week. He right. is very dedicated. Yes, and we really enjoy Derek. I just wanted to throw his name out there. Um, yeah, Bergen. My, What's going um, on? <laughs> My favorite, before we really get into the meat and potatoes of our show, my favorite part of Touring Plan's website is the Room Finder. I think that's the official word. Mm-hmm. And where you guys have maps of every Walt Disney World hotel and where all the rooms are. And you have a ton of view pictures of what you're looking at, your view. And it yeah. helps you figure out exactly what room you would want to reserve based on the category that you have booked. And through the software, they send a fax. I believe we're still sending faxes to whatever Disney World department sets up who's going to what room. And I'll be honest, I probably have gotten 80 to 90% of the time, the exact room that I picked. So I think really? it's really, uh, yeah, it's a really cool I feature. Lucky. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm like always doing like king rooms or something since I'm going by myself. But well, that could be true. It could that, be. that absolutely is true. I've had it sometimes, and then I, you know, mine's yeah, it's probably you know. But, but what that does is if you have a, a room that you've paid for a certain category, but you're trying to, like, you know, sneak in a different category, like, I'll, you know, I, I usually book the lowest category, but sometimes, like, you can maybe see a water from a certain spot. That room finder will help you figure that out. I, that feature is, like, I use it. I use it all the time. I use it for clients all the time, especially if they're booking like contemporary and they want a theme park view room or they want some kind of a room with some sort of a view. And I'm trying to see what the views are in all these rooms and see how high I can get. I always put the request in because you know what? I'm throwing it out there. If they, it's always a chance, you know, they don't have to do it. Disney doesn't have to. It's not like they're going to kick you out. I mean, you're going to get a room regardless. Well, you're going to get a room, but they don't have to accommodate for the exact room. But a lot of times I'll put you in the same general area if they can't. So, I mean, it's still worth it to do it, but I do love that feature too. That's right. With Disney, it is always a request, and a request uh, is a request. There is never a guarantee. It's uh, one thing to remember with them, but most times, you know, they, they do their best to accommodate. So that's that's one good thing about Disney's, I don't know, the, I guess back room, back of house staff uh, that's that sets up rooms. Now, Adam, I think from now on, you're going to be known as King Adam, since you always go by the, uh, for the King rooms. <laughs> so there, there's a new nickname for you. Another one. <laughs> uh, another nickname. You're just going to continue to accumulate accumulate them. Uh, now, Liza mentioned earlier, uh, as did Angela, that uh, Touring Plans branches out to you know multiple Disney and non-Disney properties. Uh, but the main reason we're here tonight is to talk about you know a hard-charging park trip in Walt Disney World. So if you're one of those families or groups who likes to go from rope drop until you know, the kiss goodnight in, you know, watching the castle uh, power down and put the lights off. Well, this is going to be the show for you because we've got uh, Angela. She's a great resource. She is the touring plans algorithm. Uh, so, so she knows everything. And she is here to talk with us about hard charging park strategies. So, yes. Adam, you are a hard charging solo guy. So I'm going to let you drive this. Oh, OK. I'm going to go with everyone's favorite park first. Epcot. I'm going to do my best with this. I, this is going to be definitely a group effort. That's fine. Um, I will I will preface this by saying that 
my kids are, well, my daughter just turned six, but my kids are three and six. So um, I would not do open to close with them. But I, I do believe in the afternoon siesta, which I say, every pretty much every show on the touring plans podcast so if you show up at rope drop you know you could get a lot of rides done without even using your fast pass plus reservations and then going back for a few hours you can definitely close down the park i'd say with your family now angela i like you already because that's exactly what i did when i had the kids and we actually still do as a family. If you get there at rope drop, you can get that good hour and a half in before needing to use any fast passes because that first hour and a half is that magic window. I think when when families with toddlers and little kids, they're still having a tough time getting off in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if you can get there at rope drop, you've got that magic window where, where the crowds aren't that bad. After 1030, I think it starts to fill up. And then it's a good time sometime around lunchtime to go back to the resort, refresh, even if you're hard charging. You know, even if you're going start of the morning to the end of the night, I think it's always good to take a little bit of a break. Oh, for sure. I mean, because especially when you have younger kids, I mean, they're in an they're in an environment where they're off their routine. And so my kids, at least when they're off their routine, they get a little crabby. So at Disney, they tend to get naughty. So I find that by going back to the hotel relaxing, taking a nap, going swimming, just letting them decompress somehow. It kind of takes them away from that sensory overload and then they're ready to go back to the park for dinner and then for fireworks. So I completely agree with you. It's something that I do every time I'm with my family. Right. Now, Adam keeps his schedule the same. He is up at rope drop at work and and he hard charges through the workday just like he's going around Epcot. So Adam wanted to start off in Epcot uh, which is a little bit of a different park because it it opens in stages. What what we will call the uh, World Showcase. Um, you know, I'm still going by the old names uh, because they haven't officially transitioned into anything new yet, right? It, it we're still going by by the by the old names. Yes. For the sections, so the World Showcase doesn't open up until a little later in the day except for Mexico and Norway, thanks to Anna and Elsa. So, Adam, what what do you do usually to start your day off in in Epcot? I recommend at least getting there 15 to 30 minutes before rope drop, before the park actually opens. This way you're towards the front of the of the group, which, depending upon the time of year you go, could be a lot of people. And the other thing you need to do before you even get there is get your tickets figured out because you don't want to be buying tickets at the ticket gate. Now, I understand that nowadays that doesn't really happen anymore. You're either, a lot of us, hopefully we've booked with a travel agent, you've got a package or you're on an annual pass. But if you are listening to this and you don't have any of those things, at least buy your tickets ahead of time. Don't do them that morning of, because that can get kind of complicated. But anyway, I would get there, like I said, 15 to 30 minutes before the park opens. And then I would go in to the left frozen or test track one or the other and if you're booked your fast passes already have one of your fast passes for the opposite ride so you do frozen fast pass for test track i would have that fast pass right away this way you can do both of those in that one corner before you have to leave and this way you're not double backing i would then go towards soren because soren of the three tier one fast pass rides, Frozen, Test Track, and Soren, Soren is, I think, the least popular of those three. Plus, I would the other reason why I'm doing Test Track early is because if it's a time of year where you have weather, Test Track will generally go down in the afternoon if there's a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be stuck with saving Test Track for the afternoon and then it's not running. 
after those two rides, go to Soren and then hit up all the Future World West, Soaring, Living with the Land, the Seas, do all of that stuff. I would then have a fast pass for Spaceship Earth at around 11 o'clock because you don't want to hit up Spaceship Earth in the beginning because that's where it seems like everybody kind of goes. So if you have a Spaceship Earth fast pass at 11 o'clock, do that and then you can go over to Mission Space if you're interested in Mission Space. I know some people get queasy on that. And then for me, the goal of Epcot is to finish all the major rides in Future World prior to noon, 1 o'clock-ish. This way, you then you can check out World Showcase kind of more at a leisurely stroll. Eat small foods if that's what you want, or if you have a lunch or dinner reservation. And then check out all the different shows, especially coming January. We're getting uh, the new Canada show. We're getting the new Beauty and the Beast uh, sing-along in France. So there'll be some new stuff to check out come January, and uh, you're going to want to... I think you're going to want to check those out. At least I do. What's the new Canada show? It's not the log, people. No, the no, Canada the Circle movie. Vision 360. Oh, the movie. You said, oh, you're talking about a show like the movie. I've, I was thinking, like, they brought the log people back. Isn't that the one that's going to be done with, like, the, the Schitt's Creek people? <gasps> Angela. Yes. The Canada show? Hey, I'm Language. spelling it differently. <laughs> I'm spelling it differently. C-H. I T T. Yeah, Catherine uh, O'Hara and Eugene Levy or Levy. Yeah. Oh, Eugene Levy. Yeah. yeah. That's January seventeenth. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, my plan. My plan isn't really much different than yours, Adam. I would rope drop test track, and then go straight to Soren, and then just save my Frozen Ever After fast pass for like the afternoon, and then in between there. You know, do um, World Showcase and maybe an early afternoon Spaceship Earth or a Mission Space. So really not not too much of a difference. Yeah. But the nice thing about Epcot is that you can do it really slowly once you get those headliner attractions out of the way. And it's a really good place to have your afternoon siesta because there's there's places to have a drink and just kind of lounge. And so. that's the reason that's the reason why you have to do Epcot slowly because sometimes you're not walking too straight uh, because you you've had the the slushy in France and you've had the uh, margarita in Mexico and everything in between so uh, you know you're you're pushing that stroller with the two kids in it a little wobbly but uh, that's all right you can some do that some are some are. A great, a great place to nap, well, for the kids to nap, not so much me, is by where the fountains were. So I really hope they put, I hope they put a fountain somewhere or they bring back one because my kids, like with the water in the background, they would just snooze for like two hours. Oh, well, now there's going to be Moana water. I know, but you got to walk through there and I don't want to stroll her while they're napping. Look, I... You're going to have to push them up to the Imagination Pavilion, I think. think Yeah, that'll put you to sleep. Yeah, oh. the, the dancing waters. They're gonna have to listen to that water. <laughs> I saw That's some kid. Pretty. I saw some kid with a jumping water over there. The parent like held him up, and it just like went straight in his eye. <laughs> oh no! It went black. <laughs> he was so upset. Oh, I was like, kidding. "Oh my gosh!" Oh my gosh! I, they felt really bad. It was bad. I was like, "Oh no!" Oh. But 
I um I I'm I'm so interested to see what happens whenever we get Ratatouille and we get Guardians because I think it's going to change a lot because we're going to have two extra attractions they needed it so bad and I'm so excited for it and we we just need it Epcot needs it so I'm really I'm really pumped about that but it will change the game a bit as far as headliners are concerned I'm not sure that Test Track is going to be the draw that it is right now. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the Ratatouille ride, especially. I've been waiting for them to bring that to Epcot forever. I'm just, I'm thrilled. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Guardians. That's that's really, I know Adam's not excited that it's going there. But you know what? At this point, I'm just like, once they changed Maelstrom, I'm like, well, all bets are off at this point. You gave point. up. I gave up after you gave that up. point. That's fine. I did. I was- I still can't talk about the great movie ride without getting angry. So I, I know how you feel about Maelstrom. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie ride. Yeah. That hurt. That was like a knife to the heart. No, like I cannot talk about it without getting angry because it's just, <laughs> I, I can't like, <laughs> it really upsets me. My kids asked me the other day, where did all those animatronics go? And I'm like, they're probably in a warehouse somewhere. And they were like, Ooh. I saw one of the footlight parade ladies. Oh, really? Yeah, they in one of the tours, backstage tours you could do, in costuming, they have a footlight parade, whatever they're called, dancing late women? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what their official name was, in the costuming. And we weren't allowed to take a picture, so I, I, I guess I can't prove it, but I know it was there. I'm sure it was there. Yeah, I'm sure it was there. And I kind of hope that they hide them like Easter eggs in different attractions and you can be like, oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> this is just so upsetting to hear. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it is upsetting because I grew up on that ride. You know, I mean, I just remember being young and writing that. So no, I know the nostalgia. I was too. I get it. Yeah. do, Do you know what upsets me about Epcot is when you're there at Rope Drop and you see all these fools. Well, not fools. Maybe they just don't know any better. They're not fools, Tony. Everyone's on vacation now. Calm down. Who walk right through the turnstiles, right to Spaceship Earth. And, oh. and that line, like first thing in the morning, is crazy. And it's like I just I tell people, you know, just walk past it, go back at eleven thirty because by eleven thirty, once the world showcase opens, there's yeah. no line for Spaceship Earth. Uh, and I always I always feel bad for those people who don't who don't subscribe to like a touring plans or don't work <laughs> with a travel agent and don't have you know a basic itinerary or you know what to do and what not to do at each time. So I always feel bad for those folks. You um, know. But those like Spaceship Earth is kind of like Cinderella Castle. It it's meant to draw you in to the park. Um, it's one of those, you know, what is it? I don't want to say headstones because it's, a, it's, it's just a weenie. Mind. It's a weenie. It is. It's a weenie it is. and an icon. It is icon. Perfect. It's an icon. So people who are going there for the first time and they, like you said, they don't have a plan in mind and they haven't been told they they haven't worked with a travel agent they're like oh well what are we gonna do oh here's here's this let's let's do this first but and i've definitely encountered people many times who have been like oh we're going to disney world oh what are you gonna do there i don't know when do you go next week well have you bought tickets no we're just gonna wing it it's like it kind of makes you cringe and it also makes you want to be like let me help you so I, i understand yeah there there is no winging it anymore no and i i do feel bad about that um, in a way, but I also tell people who don't want to plan, I'm like, the more you plan beforehand, you will have so much more fun when you're there. I promise you. And that's normally the case, wouldn't you say? 
totally agree. Yeah. All right, Adam, you're you're still in the driver's seat here. You've gone to Epcot. You've run a full day there. You went back. You got a little bit of sleep in your king bed. Uh, it's not a spa day, so you're headed to another park. Where are you going next? All right, now we'll go Magic Kingdom next. So Magic Kingdom Fast Passes does not have tiers, so you can get whatever you want. I would suggest Peter Pan, Maya Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and Space Mountain because those command the longest lines, regardless of whether you want to ride them or not. I'm kidding. If you don't want to ride them, I guess don't get the Fast Passes, but you're going to want to ride them anyway. I would get those Fast Passes starting after 10 a.m., and again, you're going to want a rope drop. Again, you're going to want to get there... 15 to 30 minutes before the park is supposed to open. Magic Kingdom, they do a good job of letting guests in to Main Street before it officially opens because they have a whole little show in front of the castle. Starbucks, uh, Main Street Bakery is going to be open so you can get your uh, foam uh, fix there. That's a shout out to our mutual friend Carly Wiesel. She's probably not listening. So I would uh, then rope drop towards the left of Magic Kingdom. Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, Big Thunder Mountain. I do Big Thunder Mountain early because Big Thunder Mountain gets so hot in the afternoon. That queue is like got heat pumped into it or something. I don't understand it. It's the hottest place on earth. It's I think it's hotter than the queue inside the wooden box that is Big Thunder Mountain. I will die on this hill is the hottest thing I've ever been in. I just sweat profusely. I don't understand it, but anyway. So I want to do that early. Do splash if you want to that early, but maybe you don't want to be wet that early. Maybe save that till the end. I love splash, but I hate getting wet, so that doesn't really get me too excited. Then I would go towards Fantasyland, and that's when you're going to have your Peter Pan Fast Pass, your Mind Train Fast Pass, so you can leapfrog those attractions with some of the lesser ones, like Magic. The Carousel, Ariel's uh, Undersea Adventure, you do not need a Fast Pass for. That's always got a short line. I don't know why. And then see if you can fit in, like, you know, Bell's uh, Enchanted Tales of Bell, which is really cool. It's worth it. Even if you don't think you're going to like a story time with a cartoon princess, it's a lot better than what you think. And then head over to Tomorrowland, Space Mountain. By then, you've used your third Fast Pass, so you probably can get a Fast Pass for things like Buzz Lightyear, for something like you can double back and go back to maybe Big Thunder again if you want to sit in the sweat box, or Splash, or Small World, Haunted Mansion, something like that. You might want to go back towards the afternoon. Because there's so many rides in Magic Kingdom that have Fast Pass, you're going to be able to get multiple Fast Passes throughout the day afterwards. And I will say, my trick, which I didn't mention in the Epcot section is once you tapped your magic band on your third fast pass check to see if you can get a fourth you should be able to and you might be able to get it for that time you're at right now at that moment i should say so definitely go on your app asap once you've tapped your magic band for the third ride to see what else you can get yeah i definitely agree with that i'd like to hear from tony and liza what what suggestions do you two have all right, now see, Magic Kingdom's a, a completely different beast than Epcot. You know, Epcot, like I mentioned, you're constrained by the fact that the sections of the park open at different times. A Magic Kingdom, I think, is really driven by the individual party. Uh, you know, Adam's plan is great. You know, he's traveling. Uh, a lot of times, Adam travels solo or or with 
Sometimes he meets friends while he's down there. But I think if you have kids, you know, you almost need to immediately go to to Fantasyland. And and Angela, you mentioned that you have a couple of little ones who, you know, one's uh, like that late toddler age and and one's, you know, just of school age. So I'm I'm sure that you are completely entrenched in Fantasyland when you guys go. Yeah, definitely. My my daughter loves the thrill rides, but my son isn't okay. old enough for them. So we spend a lot of time in Fantasyland. Epcot's kind of universal. Like there's so few rides and, you know, Adam's plan works. But when you go into Magic Kingdom, there's so many attractions. You know, I, I believe it's the, the park that has the most rides, attractions, meet and greets uh, out of the four. Um, and it, it's so varied that I, that I think there's no and there is no real unified plan for any park because every person's different and and everybody's idea of you know who likes thrill rides who doesn't like thrill rides is different for me the magic kingdom usually entails hitting Fantasyland first even you know my kids are now 18 no 17 and, and 14 but we're still you know we still like the classic rides we still like peter pan we still kind of like small world which is which is crazy you know so so we'll usually hit that first and then shoot over to like the haunted mansion and, and kind of go a little bit reverse uh, of adam's plan is is you know we'll come down from Fantasyland and then go back down through Liberty Square and Frontierland and then into Adventureland uh, because we do like walking down the hub we like walking down the middle of Main Street we like going past the castle to get into Fantasyland so so our our the beginning of our day is a little differently a little different than Adams but that's that's kind of what we do and and then by that time it's usually uh, you know lunchtime. Uh, break time. And then we'll usually go back to the resort, maybe do some mini golf, do a little shopping. Uh, it's me and three women. So, uh, you know, sometimes we're at an outlet mall off property or or we're doing uh, some shopping. Um, and then when we come back, we'll hit, uh, you know, Tomorrowland because I'm a big Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor uh, fan. So that's, that's a must do for us. Not so much Space Mountain. Um, and then we'll make our way back into Fantasyland and, and, you know, hit a couple of the favorites again. Uh, so that's that's pretty much our Magic Kingdom plan. But if I'm alone and I don't have the kids or the family, it's a completely different ballgame. I, I am shocked that Tony, they go outlet shopping on Magic Kingdom Day? No, I'm just saying that during our break, sometimes we'll, you know, during our little afternoon break, run off property. Little afternoon, that's like, that's a that takes an effort to get over to the outlets. It's no? not that bad. No, not at all. You're uh, an overachiever, Tony. Uh, well, I, I try. Oh, well, he's gosh. done the outlet mall before. That's what he's saying. He's like, you know, we've done it. Possibility could happen again. Maybe, right. maybe not. No, Tony, yeah. your plan is very similar to mine when I'm with my kids. Um, and I will normally just let them pick the fast passes, too. I'll, you know, obviously pick the time. So normally well, I'm, um, I'm not that crazy. I won't let my kids <laughs> pick fast passes. Well, here's the thing. You know, I go there for work. And, you know, last year I did my very first friends trip at 29 years old. Um, and so I got I, I know what it's like to go without kids. So when I'm there with them, it only happens once a year. So it gets to be about them. But the rest of the time, it's about me when I'm there. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I, I, I understand. And we spend a lot of time in fantasy land as well. In fact, touring plans suggests for a Fast Pass Plus reservation, Seven Doors Mine Train, Peter Pan's Flight, and Enchanted Tales with Belle, which as we know is all in Fantasyland. And then once you can make more, like Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, and Pirates of the Caribbean. What about you, Liza? I want to jump in before Liza Oh, go starts. ahead, go ahead. And, and I just want to say that I am amazed 
that the Peter flight Peter Pan's flight is is still the number one fast passed attraction in the Magic Kingdom. You know, there's a ride that's fifty plus years old and still draws crowds. And, and I find no matter what time of day you go, that is usually a thirty to forty minute wait. And yeah. it is a it is a true testament to the simplicity of that ride. Yet there is some type of overall draw, whether it's nostalgia or just a, a love of the character. But that ride always has a weight. And a lot of times I don't even want to fast pass it because since they've upgraded the queue uh, and put in a lot of the new effects, yes. I, want, I want to go through the queue and see that. And that's the that's the one thing you miss with fast passes. You know, a lot of the queues they've started building in interactive elements, especially especially for the new rides, mm-hmm. um, is is you miss that because that that fast pass does get you to the front of the line, but it bypasses the queue. And and sometimes there's not to miss items in that queue. And that's uh, that's the only downside to fast passes. Well, and that queue is beautifully done, and it's it's truly an attraction that appeals to everyone. What you could bring babies on it because there's no height requirement, and there's so much color. And I know babies can only see like black, white, and red, but you know it's something that you can point things out to the toddlers, and it's just very whimsical. It's just a classic. Everyone likes it. Actually, you know, babies can see black, white, red, and yellow which coincidentally are for the Mickey Mouse colors. Yes, that's why they like Mickey so much. It makes sense. I don't know. I'm, li- I'm, li- I'm lying about the yellow. I just I just threw that in. Well, I would have believed you anyway. I got most gullible in high school, Tony. I would have bought it. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, but then again, I must have not researched when I had my kids. <laughs> I don't know, Eliza. I have to know things like that. I didn't know the, that. But my kids... You know, they love the characters, so. But I'm the same way as you, because when I go with my kids, it's once a year. And I go, you know, pretty frequent, just for a day or two for work. So when I'm going with the girls, I do tend to let them lead the way. You know, kind of just do what they want. But I have really adventurous kids. So from the moment they were the height requirement, they're riding rock and roller coaster. They're riding everything. So they do what I want to do because what I want to do is what they want to do. So it's really good. I hit all the headliners. Space Mountain is, uh, you know, we try to do that as many times. So Rope Drop, we'll head over to space. We'll get a ride in. We'll have a fast pass for later. Then we'll do some stuff in Tomorrowland because to me, Tomorrowland, it just gets so congested, especially in the summer. I just feel like there's like the certain area in there and then it's just like uh you know it's like a sea of people and it's like I, I just want to hit it in the morning and get out mm-hmm. and then I like to and I, I'm with you Tony I love Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor I love that it's so fun and then then I just tend to want to do the, my must do's things that I have to do before I leave so I love Mickey's Full Her Magic and I know there's never a wait for that but that's a good I love it I love it Liza I'm totally with you it's one of my, I have to see it before I leave. Like, yes. I love PhilharMagic. My kids love PhilharMagic. Donald Duck makes me laugh every time. I don't know what it is about his voice, but I crack up. I love him. So I do those things like that. Like, I do all the headliners. And then recently, since I've gone enough or so much, so many times, I've started to do things that 
I, I used to just skip all the time. Like the Tom Sawyer's Island, I recently went on there and I hadn't done that ever. Because I just, it never came up. I just never went over there. And then I, I might have when I was really little and I don't remember. But I did it later as an adult and I plan on doing it with my girls the next time we go. And then Country Bears, of course, I have to do that because I love Country Bears. But yeah, the Fantasyland attractions, my kid, Small World, have to do it. So my trip, it really just revolves around things that I need to see and then alternate attractions that I think would be fun to do. But that's because we go so much. But that's why touring plans, whenever I speak to one of my clients and I find out what they really want to get out of the trip and is it just for your kids or is it like you guys want to do stuff and do writer swap or what do you want to get out of it? You know, and then I can make something out of an itinerary that gives them a way to do it and still be flexible because there you have to have a little flexibility in your schedule, especially when you're traveling with kids. No, that flexibility is key. In fact, I couldn't use a terrain plan when my kids were babies because with babies, as you know, like you're, you're going by their routine, you know? So it's like, okay, if the baby has a blowout, well, you can't really deal with that right here. You have to stop what you're doing, go to the baby care center go or go somewhere else and take care of things. But in that situation, um, there are, you can change your walking speed to very, very slow and you can navigate things, but I just, there's just no way to do it because with babies, it's just like, you have to be flexible. Yeah. You don't, you never know. And then, and then you don't even know sometimes with small children, you think they're going to ride Peter Pan, but then when you get up to the actual vehicle and they're screaming and they don't want to ride it, so they're terrified, and then you have to turn around and leave. Cause that happened with my niece. Just calling oh, her no. out. I'm calling her on the carpet. Right, we're not her. naming names here. But not naming names, but you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, but she she was scared of all the dark rides. Yeah. Now, she was better the last time we went. Like, the last time we took her, she rode more things. So that was good. But the first time terrified all she wanted to do was character meets like that's all she cared about the whole time and that's fine because then if i was tailoring a trip just for them but see they wouldn't have known that until they went so you can't anticipate that yeah you just don't know so it's all about you do have to have expectations and then you also have to know you know plans do change so don't freak out and i tell every single client especially the new ones that haven't been really that you will not do everything or see everything in this trip don't even sweat it just do what you can and have a good time now that is my number one thing that i tell every new person is i say just don't expect to see and do everything because i mean it keeps you wanting more too at the same time but otherwise you get overwhelmed and stressed and then that's when you kind of see the parents like fighting because everyone's yes. pushing too hard and it breaks yes. my heart it's like that gives me such a stomach ache is when i see people fighting in the parks but yeah. it's because it's like i said it's sensory overload and there's so much to see and do and if you push yourself too hard then you get exhausted and overwhelmed. Yeah, I think a lot of people get the FOMO. They just feel Mm -hmm. like they they got the fear of the missing out and they put all this time in and this, you know, all this money into this trip and it's going to be what I, you know, but you have to 
just go about it with the right attitude going into it and chill and you're going to have the best time ever no matter what if you have the right mindset and you can be a little flexible with your plans but also have a guide put in place and that's why I feel that as a travel agent it's good because I can give them that guidance but also relate to them the expectation of what I feel is it's necessary to have a good time. What I really appreciate uh, the Disney travel agents because they're there to provide as much assistance or as little as you want. And I actually did a two video series about the travel agents just kind of doing like almost a Q&A. And that's something that I found so wonderful is you can use one whether it's your first trip or whether it's your 10th. And they kind of let you just like, okay, what do you need from me? And it's really helpful when you're planning those family reunions when it's like 10 people and it's like oh my gosh I have to coordinate this for all these people and you know Uncle Jim and Aunt Susie don't get along and blah 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 but it's yeah I really I really appreciate what you do like I'm sure I'm sure you you see that so well I've seen a lot I love my job I wouldn't trade it for anything and I'm so passionate about Disney so it's it's what I know the best so I feel the most confidence with it it's good to have a guide so that's why you guys are you're key to my planning for my clients. Yeah, we work really well together, don't we? It's like the yin and yang. We really do. So after we use all of our fast passes, what, say it's like seven o'clock, we still got a little bit before fireworks. So what, fireworks would be at eight or nine, depending on the day. So say it's like three o'clock and you want to take that afternoon siesta, Tony and me, but you are hitting the parks all day. What do you do? you know, to get over that tiredness. I want to hear from everyone. Starbucks. <laughs> That's me. Yep. Going to Starbucks. Yep. What do you two do, Tony and Adam? Usually a Coke. Yeah. Where do you sit, though? Where do you go? For a Coke? Yeah, like, where do you relax? Because you're going all day in the parks. You're not leaving the parks, but you have to realistically sit down at some point. I just need to find a Mickey bar and a Diet Coke. That's and, it? And- and that is uh, that is what I need to relax. I'll people watch for a couple minutes. I'll sit on a bench. Relaxing for me involves a bench and some food usually. And I will people watch for a couple minutes while I eat. Yeah. Uh, you can, like I'm just thinking. My first thought is Starbucks or American Adventure. They got good seats. Cool in there. Gets dark. I yeah. might have taken a nap in there before. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't because it's such a great experience. But... Oh, it's great. It's great. Best thing is un-American if you're going to fall asleep in the American Adventure. Well... Magic Kingdom, since that's what we were talking about, has so many show-building shows that you can get that nice, relaxing, calm time. Country Bears, Hall of Presidents, Carousel Progress, Tiki Room with your Dole Whip floats, even Monsters, Inc. So Magic Kingdom has built-in resting areas, and they happen Mm -hmm. to have shows that you get to enjoy. Yeah. And you can, well, you can bring a snack in the tiki room. The other ones, I don't think it's encouraged to bring food into. I am a Dole Whip float and then people mover person. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I'll enjoy my Dole Whip float, but like I'm someone who I grew up with three brothers. So if I didn't eat fast enough, they would literally take food off my plate. So I consume a Dole Whip float without taking a picture for the gram. I just eat it in probably three minutes. And then I go over to the people mover with my Starbucks and I just, I just exist. 
I just am there. Yeah, the people and, mover. That's a good place to take a little nap sitting up. I'm not even joking. I've done it before. It's pretty uncomfortable seating. But honestly, if I need a little refresher. But see, I'm the kind of person. I can pretty much sleep anywhere for like five minutes. And then I wake up and I'm fine. I don't know if that's narcolepsy or what, but I can do it. I really, I can sleep anywhere. It doesn't even matter. I can sleep sitting up. I can sleep sitting up. I don't know. I used to tell my kids, I would like give them some coloring or drawing stuff. I'd be like, all right, kids, like mom's just going to lay on this couch for five minutes. No, that is called being a parent. (laughs) It's survival of the fittest. We have to sleep so we can survive. I know. I'm like, just five minutes. I don't know. I thought about, I mean, I'm scared I'm going to wake up with like Sharpie on my face or something. And I I mean, you might, but at least the kids, you know were occupied for those 20 minutes. I know. But the people mover does kind of refresh you though, because when it starts zooming and it goes a little faster than anticipated. And when you first get on, it's a little slow and then it picks up and then you get the breeze and it does kind of refresh you. So that's kind of a good idea. I really like that idea a lot. I love that. Then like, if you want, you're still tired, you go over to Carousel Progress. I have it figured out. Yeah. I love Carousel. Such a good one. That's one of my, I have to write it too. Like went on a trip before and I was really bummed because I didn't get to it. And I was, I felt like something was missing. That's how I feel about the people mover. I totally get it. Yes. Yeah. People mover. I thought about it for a while. I was like, I didn't get my carousel in and now I feel like something's missing. I don't like this. (laughs) Well, I didn't get to ride it this last trip. And I was thinking, well, did I even go to Disney World? Was I even there? Does it count? Yeah, it doesn't count. You have to go back and you will. That's good. I'll be there in January. I'll I'll get it in. Oh my gosh, me too. I'm supposed to be going in January. Oh, I'll be there in late January. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out. I forgot when. I'm going to have to ask. Festival of the Arts. That was such a great festival. It's my favorite one. My favorite's probably Festival of the Holidays, but Festival of the Arts is a close second for me. Very close. Oh, gosh. Okay, I way off the tangent. That was my fault, everyone. Okay, and then you make it to fireworks, and then that is our Magic Kingdom day. Right, Adam? Welcome to the show. We like to get on tangents. Um, yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, I think, or if you want to skip the fireworks to beat the traffic like I do sometimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Start. You're not skipping fireworks to beat traffic. And the it's truth comes out. Magic fireworks. Elmer's. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I lo- you know what? I, I loved wishes, but now I'm kind of liking this happily ever after. Happily ever after. There's just so many people. (laughs) I know, but that's why I like an alternate spot. Kind of, I don't want to stand in the middle of it, but if I can get a good spot somewhere else, kind of back a little ways, I don't need to see the castle projection too much. I just want to see fireworks. Like, that's really my main objective is to look in the sky and see fireworks. I've stood in between, like, the Winnie the Pooh ride, where that Winnie the Pooh ride is over there, and you can see them, like, just right there. Just like, whoa. But you don't see the castle, but you see the fireworks, and you hear, you know, you can kind of hear the music. But I don't care. I want to see fireworks. You know, Adam, where we used to watch the fireworks when our kids were babies is on the balcony of the main street station because then you can watch through you know on the inside through the glass so if you're looking to not get in the middle of traffic you can watch on the balcony i thought they closed that though for like private events is this, did they still open it well i didn't know that but if they didn't 
That's a good place to watch. <laughs> no, you're right. It is because then you're kind of great like place right there you're to get towards out. Towards the exit. I yeah. kind of was under the impression though that sometimes they close it for. Um, they events. probably have a dessert party there. We don't even know at this point. I mean, they're popping up a dance party, dessert party. <laughs> they're probably having all kinds of stuff. But I like an alternate viewing area. But I, I'm not. I don't need to see the projections. Like I just, it, they're nice. But I'm not like. It's not going to break my heart if I'm not standing on Main Street watching the projection show on the castle. I just want to see um, explosions in the sky. That's really what I'm there for. Yeah, I I do love the projections of Happily Ever After, though. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they're really, they've come so far with it. I mean, it's it's really like getting to where, like that tree of life. Oh my gosh, that is trippy. Like that. We haven't gotten there yet. Let's, let's I know, but it's, it's like, it is projection city over there. Now I'll watch those because there's no fireworks to look at. But when the Magic Kingdom, it's like, mm, when there's a sea of that many people, sometimes it's like, well, you know, might just uh, go over here and just sacrifice my projection viewing for just looking at the fireworks but i do love the fireworks and i do love the music and i would not skip it to go beat the traffic i personally would not yeah i can't skip happily ever after i could have skipped wishes which i know might get me in trouble but i just oh you're in trouble now it's how much i love happily ever After. i like it better than wishes too i'm on your team i just i the projections that's what i mean i just always cry when i watch it Maybe that's how people feel about wishes, and that's why they love it so much. It's like my wishes. I thought wishes was getting, like, it was, like, borderline cheesy to me. I mean, that's probably bad to say. But it was, like, <laughs> it was just, I don't know. I, I wasn't, it was okay. But, I mean, because I have strong opinions about music sometimes. But I like the Happily Ever After song. They sing really good. I like it. So I like it better than Wishes. Wishes was a lot of kids singing. Am yes. I remembering that right? Oh, yeah. Talking about. Starlight, starlight. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, I didn't like that. So some people don't like the kids singing, which is then the issue with, I know we already talked about this, Epcot Forever, though. I watched it two weeks ago for the first time. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But I heard about the kids. There are a lot of kids singing songs. There's a lot of kids singing songs? Yes. And there's not a lot of fireworks. So it's kind of like a double whammy of things that people don't like. Not a lot of fireworks. Kids that sing songs. So I understand the frustration with that. We we can't talk about it anymore because I haven't seen it yet. All right, we're done. Yeah, that and Illuminations was the best show on planet Earth, and now it's gone. So that was I liked Illuminations. Okay, next park, Adam. Next park is uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hashtag always MGM. This is a little different because they've got that new ride, Rise of the Resistance, that I heard was really good. Man. Oh, is that is that open yet? It is open. <laughs> Have you heard of it? I also hear they're they're getting a TV channel or something like that. Is that is that true? Disney is that what? is that what I've heard? What? Oh, Disney Plus. Gosh, where have you been, Tony? What are you What are you talking about? A TV channel? Disney uh, Plus, Adam. Yeah, but I'm still waiting for my password. Adam, I'm an old man. I only watch things on television. Oh, well, I got Elf on right now, actually. But anyway, I... um. But uh, I, I was I was at it was in New York when they were filming Elf. That's another show. Rise of the Resistance. We got to stay on this, guys. Rise of the Resistance opened, and so it kind of threw everything like in a in a fruit. It kind of upset the fruit basket in terms of Hollywood Studios. They're letting people in two hours before oh, yeah. the park opens, and they got the boarding groups. So what I would do is show up if you really want to ride that ride, Rise of Resistance, which I would too. I mean, it's the best they say of all time. 
You got to show so up. Good. You got to show yeah. up. Man, Angela wrote it, so you could talk about it if you what? want. What? You got to show up at least two hours ahead of time. Scan mm-hmm. your band in. Sign if they're doing the boarding groups at the time of this. You listen to this and you get there. Sign up for your boarding group and then structure yourself around that. The fast pass structure at Hollywood Studios. You only get one fast pass for use of a major ride. Uh, I would use that fast pass for Tower of Terror or Rock and Roller Coaster because after I get my boarding group for Rise of the Resistance, I would hit up Smuggler's Run, Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, and then Toy Story Land since they're connected on that backside. And you could get Toy Story Land rides done, uh, Smuggler's Run done, probably early AM, especially since you're there that early. And then you can kind of leisurely your way to... Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster use a fast press for whatever one you got. And then you can kind of fill in the rest of your day until you get your Rise of Resistance entrance. Whatever time you can get in there. You can fill it up with shows. I mean, the greatest show of all time is Muppet Vision 3D. You have to do that at least four times. You have yes, to. I do. Plenty of time, yeah. And then Frozen Ever... Uh, it's the official name is I had to look it up because I forgot. First time in forever Frozen musical celebration. First time in forever Frozen sing along. Sing along. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was close. <laughs> that is, yeah. But especially now that Frozen Two just came out, I don't. They haven't changed the show yet. But regardless, that was a lot better than I thought it was. As somebody who could care less about Frozen as a childless millennial like myself. I didn't. I was like, okay, but they throw a lot of humor in there, and it's kind of ad-libbed and such with the hosts. That was really good. So you could certainly fill up a lot. And then my big thing with Hollywood Studios is they have three really cool restaurants: Brown Derby, Fifties Prime Time, and Sci-Fi Dine and Theater, where you can enjoy a nice. I would do a late lunch at one of those three, or all of them, if you're really hungry. It's kind of fill up your time that way because those restaurants are so unique to the. Hollywood Studios experience, and you're not getting those kind of restaurants in, in the real world. No, and, you're uh, not. You might, you might have enough time to go back and siesta, because there still kind of isn't a lot to do in Hollywood Studios, especially if you're not into the shows. But you could do a lot of rides, for sure, now. Oh, I like the Brown Derby Lounge. I like to wait. It opens, I believe, at 11, so if you get there kind of like at 1045, 10.50, and just start standing by that gate, I mean, I've gotten right in, even on really busy times. So, because they don't take reservations, I don't think. I think it's just like they open it up because it's the lounge. The lounge, but no. You can still get your grapefruit cake and your Cobb salad. And honestly, that's what I'm about over there. So, that's what I'm doing. You know where I really want to try is Baseline Tap House. That looks, well, they look, well, first of all, they have a pretzel that just looks really, really good. And it just, I haven't, just haven't been there yet. It just looks like a cool place to hang. Have either of you, have any of you been there? I've walked inside. I have not participated in food and drink. Yeah, I, I need to make a, make a trip there. Thank Maybe you. when we meet Liza in late January. We oh will my go gosh, there. yes, yes, we need to. Hollywood Studios is such a a strange place to be at this time to me i feel like it is i don't care at all about star wars i couldn't give 
a you know what i don't care about star wars like at all so but i will ride that ride because i want to see what it is so i can tell people about it or whatever to me being somebody that does it's not a draw for me to go there what i like toy story land a lot and the last time we went to go ride the millennium falcon we did get that boarding pass but we went straight to toy story land like adam said and there was like nobody there because it was like 6 a.m and we got the boarding pass by like 6 10 6 20 and you're at toy story land. we could have rode slinky dog a couple of times and i love slinky dog dash it is so much fun and we did alien swirling saucers and we did um toy story midway mania and then of course you can go right over to rock and roller coaster probably hit that hit tower and it's pretty far away from there but you could do it you could hike over there and probably get all of that in by the time they call you to go back over there to ride or if they you ride it you can ride rise of the resistance and then go ride the other two like adam said to get a fast pass but when they open mickey's runaway railway i believe it's like march 4th yeah fourth i just saw it uh, yeah, and I am pretty excited about it just because it's our first Mickey Mouse attraction that's a ride, and I'm definitely excited about it. So I, I don't know how it's going to change because right now with the tiers being what they are, it makes it extremely difficult to plan, you know, depending on what you really want to get out of it. And it's also hard to get people over there that because if you're not riding tower you don't care about rocking because you don't ride rides like that it's really still a half day park in my opinion it's not enough there for me personally to do an all-day situation i'm not staying there all day usually i did it once or twice but now that back lot's not there and movie rides gone and a lot of the stuff's gone it, it's still to me even with star wars land it's still just two attractions you know toy story lands there too but i don't know i feel like it's not they need Liza, some other stuff Liza, are you doing fireworks and or no, fantasmic I no i don't do that i've done it i just i can't get into fantasmic I feel like the stadium seating being what it is, it's just so many people in there. And the show is not enough for me to be captivated. I've seen it, and but I've been to Disneyland so many times, and I like theirs better. So it's it, that's that's a little biased in me, but I it's hard for me to sit through it. The last time I went to the Star Wars fireworks, I, I could I just was it was not. It, I had seen the Star Wars fireworks before when they first started doing them, and I my was on the ground i couldn't believe it it was so good because there was so many explosions like fireworks everywhere it was crazy so i was telling everybody you gotta go this is crazy i don't even like stars but i would go just to see that and then they changed it and then now you get a couple of little like bottle rockets on the side and then you get some lasers and then you have like at the projection but it wasn't what it was and i don't know if it's because of construction i don't know why they changed the show i feel like we need it to go back to what it was so i don't know but i would not stay there for that that's a fireworks show that i never got to see and i was always so disappointed because it never lined up with my plans as far as you saying that it's a half day park Hollywood Studios is a park that I definitely, like, I don't spend all day in. I will, you know, go there in the morning, go somewhere else in the afternoon, and then come back if I'm doing something at night. Mm -hmm. So I do agree in that respect where I don't stay there all day. 
or I'll do like Epcot in the morning and then go there at night or vice versa. So I definitely see what you're saying because there is a kind of a lull in the afternoon. Um, it'll be interesting now that Rise of the Resistance is open if that changes things for people. And it definitely is a ride that people need to experience. It's it's amazing. You know, I, I, I don't want to give anything away, but just with the four ride systems, just with the queue and how the queue itself, those are rides and those are experiences. It's just, it's something that you have to, you have to do at Walt Disney World at some point. I'm going, I'm writing it. Adam's plan is very, that's very well thought out where get there. If, if you want to ride it, you know, right now, get there two hours before the park opens, mm-hmm. get right in line for that virtual queue follow your touring plan or whatever plan you're using up until that time is up, pause your plan, ride, and then re-optimize, continue on. Star Wars Land, I found it to be so much more like pleasing to look at at night. I loved it at night more than I did in the day for some reason because the lights and everything, the feel that I got in there, I just felt like it was so much better at night. And I don't know if you feel like that too, but I don't know. I felt I felt it was worth it to see it at night, even though that's going to be like maybe ride your ride in the day, but then come back, like you said, to visit it at night, just to look because I felt like walking around in that little square area with like the shops, the little marketplace area with the lanterns up there. It was really pretty. I really liked it at night. Yeah, I feel the same way about Toy Story Land. I think it's definitely better at night and I and there's no shade during the day too. Yeah. So, um, that's definitely fun to experience. And what were you saying, Tony? I, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned right now, at least uh, to show up to Hollywood Studios two hours ahead of time. Here's part of the problem. My daughter uh, was is well, actually is on her way back from Walt Disney World right now. She was down there with her, her cheer team that she coaches and they wanted to go to Rise of the Resistance over at Hollywood Studios on Monday morning. So Sunday night, she went down to the front desk at uh, the All-Stars and she asked somebody, she said, uh, you know, what time does Hollywood Studios open tomorrow? And they told her 8 a.m. And she said, well, what time do the buses start running? And they said buses, you know, standard operating procedures that buses start running one hour prior to the park opening. Mm-hmm. which is great on a regular day when it opens at 8 a.m., but we all know that they're letting people in early. So, you know, here you've got a situation where she gets up the next morning. It's 6 o'clock. There's no buses running. There's nobody outside waiting in line. She takes an Uber over to Hollywood Studios, gets in line, 6.30, 6.40. They open up the gate. She gets her virtual queue, uh, you know, her virtual boarding party, and she's in. So here's a situation where Disney doesn't really know what's going on at the resort. You can't open the park early if you're not bringing your guests over, which which I think is a little bit crazy. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm completely jealous that my daughter uh, has ridden Rise of the Resistance, you know, on day, what, day four of the of the attraction being open, and I have yet to even get a whiff of Galaxy's Edge at all. Um, but I, w- I will rectify that soon. I'm also I- not going to give my plan for Hollywood Studios because I think any touring plan that I had in the past, Galaxy's Edge just kind of blows it out of the water, and I think I would pretty much walk through the gates, go to Galaxy's Edge and just sit down and want to soak it all in along with the two rides. That's been my problem to a T, Tony, is every time I've gone, I've had stuff to do because I've gone for work. So I can't say that I've actually had the time to soak it all in and peruse the stores. And I definitely haven't built a lightsaber or um, a droid But I've just been busy. I've gone on work trips. I've had other videos to film. I've had other places to go. 
So that is something I'm so looking forward to in January is just going into the land and just taking my time and getting to know it. And it's such a cool feeling walking around and just hearing ships going into like hyperspeed or hyperdrive, you know, like over your head, you can hear it, you can hear those sounds and the attention to detail in the land is, is so neat. And um, I'll be excited to hear what you think when you finally go. Well, you know, I so look forward to, uh, you know, hearing people on Batu say uh, live long and prosper. Angela, did you have you used the refreshers in Galaxy's Edge? I did. I made it a point to last did, week. Did you hear any critters in the in the walls? You know, I did. And I was I didn't know what that noise was. But that makes sense now that you say critters. I'm like, what is yeah. that noise? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Liza pointed that out to us and we we're like, huh? And then. When I was in there in Disneyland a couple of weeks ago, I heard them, and uh, now that you know they're there, you're gonna you're gonna hear them. The other thing that's really cool about the sound, whatever you want to call it, of Galaxy's Edge is, you mentioned it. You know, you hear the spaceships flying overhead. I heard a surround sound in one ear out the other. I saw type of blaster going off and then hitting a wall, and the wall crumbling. And it was all oh. audio. It didn't happen, but I heard it happen. And then when the wall crumbled, I heard like a droid or a, some type of creature get mad and like do like a frustrating type voice. So they pump in all kinds of audio cue sound things. Yeah, like not... the bathroom sounds. I think that it was missing Rise of the Resistance because, you know, I, I enjoyed Smuggler's Run for what it was. It was so neat walking into the Millennium Falcon, just something that you dream about as a kid watching the films. But the ride itself, you know, being the pilot is awesome, very stressful. I left that ride with a migraine. But, you know, it's kind of a glorified Star Tours when he gets down to it. With It's like Star Tours with a job to do. And then as far as the rest of the land, you kind of have to spend money to enjoy it. If you want to eat, if you want to drink something, if you want to go to the cantina, if you want to build something, you have to spend money. So it really needed Rise of the Resistance. And now that we have it, I think it really rounds out the land really nicely. I think it fills the void for people who like the original trilogy. And I don't want to say how because I don't want to give spoilers, but so I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I think that it it does that, in my opinion, in my experience. But yeah. Just to clarify, a couple minutes ago, I said I wanted to walk around hearing people say uh, "live long and prosper," and I know that's a Star Trek phrase. I just nobody caught on to that. I thought Adam for sure would ding me with that, but uh, no one was even listening to me no, uh, of, think... of the four well, of us. So I heard you say it, and I'm like, well, I know they say like bright suns, but I hadn't heard that. But well, I, was... I just. I just, just don't want the, it go. <laughs> our, I just don't want the audience to think that I'm a complete uh, sci-fi oh, nerd. Yeah. See, I would go in a Star Trek uniform. That's what I wish. I should have done that. That would have been pretty funny, though. I don't know. I like the sound effects, too. But I'm, I'm really, I feel like that, too. I feel like that it was before it was a pay. There were too many paid things. And there was that one ride. And you're totally right. That's, what I, that's how I felt, too. And so now with that second ride, it's going to be interesting to see how it changes everything. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what people think of it for sure. Did I say what my plan would be? I guess I guess well, I you said know. it kind of changed. Like it's like what did you didn't you say like you would get the well, yeah just know. follow your touring plan. But I mean at any rate, I would rope drop Smuggler's Run, Slinky Dog Dash, and then get like a fast pass for Toy Story Mania. So oh okay, or rope drop or go to Toy Story Mania and get a fast pass for Slinky Dog Dash. But yeah. Okay, so we can move on to Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is, I love Animal Kingdom. It is my second favorite park. Epcot is my first. But Animal Kingdom, I love it. I feel like 
the touring plan there for me, it's always, I like to do flight of passage, but I usually get a fast pass for it. But if I wasn't able to get a fast pass for it, I would immediately, I would try to get there 30 minutes early and at least 30 minutes early. And then everybody's walking to the same place. You all know where we're going pretty much. We're going to Flight of Passage and we're going to ride that ride. That currently to me is the best attraction at Walt Disney World. I love it so much. I would, after I rode that, if I didn't have a fast pass for it, I would see if I could get a fast pass for Everest because sometimes they're available. But I would go there and ride that. I would then get on the safari because I have to do that. And then after those three attractions, because those are my, I need to do it. I have to do it. I have to see Finding Nemo the musical because I love it. And I actually like to leisurely walk around and look at animals. I like to look at the birds and the monkeys and I like to go through the trails and the gorillas and see all of that. I, I really enjoy that. You know, I went on Rafiki's Planet Watch the last time and that was kind of cool because I hadn't been back there in a while. Those are things that I have to do. Lion King, I, I'll do it. But if I skip it, I'm okay. But Nemo, no. Nemo, it, it has to happen. Like, I love that show <laughs> so much. Okay, so I'm scared of the dinosaur ride and I know they're plastic, but... I just, I don't know. It's like really dark in there. And then like something's jumping out at you. And it's like, I, I've never even opened my eyes. I think like one time I did, but I don't like it. But I do like Dino Land at night because you could ride Primeval World over and over again at night. Because like nobody's there in Dino Land at night. So I've, I've actually sat on that and it didn't even make me get off. And I just kept writing it <laughs> because I, but I do like it. But Dino Land's really pretty at night. It's cool over there at night. I, I mean, if you're going to be over there, because I always skip their nighttime show because I'm not a big, huge fan of Rivers of Light. I feel like while everybody's congregated in that area, you could give, get on Everest again or you can, you know, do some other things as opposed to, you know, sitting through Rivers of Light. And I always like to see the tree come to life at night because I really think it's cool. It's it's like 3D projection. Like, it's crazy looking. I love it. I love that tree at night. Yeah, that tree is beautiful at night. I only saw it lit up maybe a year ago, and it was stunning, and I just had to stand there and stare at it for a while. Yeah, yeah I stared. I watched the whole show. Once it starts, my kids are like, Mom. I'm like, hey, zip it. We're doing this. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> We're watching this tree. No, but they really do like it, though. Yeah, the, do you do you stay and watch Rivers of Light, anybody? No, actually, I, I've never seen it. I Yeah, it's not terrible to say I haven't seen it. I tried to watch it, and then I had to leave. That was I, me. I yeah. can't sit through it. My kids were kind of throwing a little fit at the time, because it was like right when it first came out, and they were tired and cranky. And it. I planned to stay for it. I taken a 6 a.m. flight into Orlando. This was for a work trip, maybe last February. And I'd gone in the parks all day, and it was like a half hour before the show. I didn't think I had had lunch or dinner, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go. I need to eat something, and I'm so tired. So I think I left before it, and that was the only time I've really had the opportunity to see it. You know, it does draw a lot of people to it. So, I mean, it's something for someone. I've just never recommended it, really, just because I feel like that time you can utilize to do other things in the park. You know, as far as going back to your fast passes and your first three attractions, I completely agree with you. I think that Flight of Passage is a great one to start with, followed by Everest and Kilimanjaro Safaris. Those are the exact 
three in that order that I would pick. And then I, I like Dinosaur, so if I couldn't get a fast pass for pretty much either any of those, I would I would pick Dinosaur. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's plastic, but man, it's like breathing, and I don't know what's going on in there. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Like everybody, I've had strangers just crack up laughing because they're riding with me. I'm saying all this stuff, and they're just like, "This girl was like, this was the just like we ride this ride, and it's not that interesting, but you made this ride the best ride of the day." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> no, it's it's definitely an intense one. That's for sure. I was terrified. What about you, Tony? I'm fast passing flights of passage. I'm probably not getting something early in the morning, which gives me the availability to throw in a safari pretty early. And I like to fast pass Festival of the Lion King because I want the better seating uh, because I have to view the tumble monkeys from uh, pretty close. Oh, Um, the tumble monkeys. They're great. And uh, as far as actually going into the park, you know, we usually start our, our morning off over in Harambe because we've usually got a safari over there. So we'll, we'll spend a lot of time in Harambe. Uh, love to do the uh, gorilla trek. Uh, that's always uh, a, a good time. You know, there there's, seems to be a lot of walking in that park. Uh, you know, whether you're doing the, the, the gorilla walk or the, the Maharaja jungle trek, which has the uh, the tigers. It's a lot, a lot of walking. And, uh, you know, I don't do Everest. Uh, Cheryl does that. I'm still not a big fan. And uh, I have to do dinosaur, but I don't feel it's worth fast passing anymore. Dino land I try to avoid, uh, although I do enjoy a good triceratops spin. Uh, occasionally, but I, I do steer clear of the games. Tough to be a bug. Probably haven't seen that in a couple of years now. I still haven't even seen the projections on the Tree of Life, which uh, which I know are stunning. I've seen them in video. You know, to see them uh, close up and in person is, is, I'm sure, spectacular. I kind of love Animal Kingdom, but at the same time, I, I don't because I, I think that Eliza mentioned earlier, like Hollywood Studios is her half-day park. Animal Kingdom is still that half-day park for me, even though they've started doing things at night, even though they have the show, which, you know, they, they keep down grading, uh, you know, now there's not even any people involved in it. It, it. it just kind of loses its appeal after like five o'clock for me. Yeah, that's that's my day at Animal Kingdom. This is how you're supposed to do it. Fast passes start after 10. If you want to do this the right way, you got to get there at least an hour before the park opens because then you want to rope drop Flight of Passage, but you also have to have a fast pass for Flight of Passage. So that way you can ride it twice because that ride is worth riding twice. And you can easily do it. You just got to wake up early. So I would rope drop and do Flight of Passage, then Navi River Journey, and go check out Bob Dylan as a uh, playing the role of a Navi uh, a shaman of songs. Oh, you do um, that attraction. Okay. And, yeah, well, yeah, you think you have to because you have to get some some of that Bob Dylan uh, music in there. But, uh, <laughs> Angela, if you haven't been listening, Liza determined that, and it makes sense, the Navi shaman of whatever sounds just like Bob Dylan. And next time you ride that, you will um, you will never get that out of your head. Oh, my gosh. Um, Did you just ruin the ride for me? Maybe. <laughs> I just called or it. Or made it better. Or did, yeah, I was just going to say, or did you make it better? I think the we made it better. Ride. Well, I think it was like that because I was trying to – like do my impression of it and then somebody was like hey that sounds like bob dylan and i was like yeah but that thing sounds like bob dylan and then it just kind of stuck and then that was it (laughs) yeah so uh, navi river Kilimanjaro safari everest you're gonna go like a big circle after everest dinosaur and then i'm one of those people that kind of got to keep walking so you're gonna then have fast passes for again flight of passage safari and everest that you should do after 10 10 11 o'clock in the morning this way you can probably do a lot of those twice. If you're looking for something to eat, Nomad Lounge or Harambe uh, Market, I think that's the technical term for it. 
They've got some really cool food options. And then for dinner, oh, well, well before dinner, don't forget to do the, the two walking trails. Because, yes, there's a lot of walking, but that's what Joe Rody wanted. He wanted us to walk and experience our own animal uh, kingdom. And then for dinner, I'm going to throw a curveball. You guys ready for this? Do it. Boma or Sanaa at the Animal Kingdom Lodge? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Pick whichever one you want. Sana. You want to indulge in Boma or you want to have a nice, more intimate dinner in Sanaa. Whatever one you Sana. prefer. Go with those. Um, I don't know how you're going to get to Animal Kingdom Lodge. You could take the resort bus. That's fine. If you've driven yourself there, take your car and drive it to Animal Kingdom Lodge. They'll let you park there. Or you could Uber, Lyft, minivan, whatever your desired uh, preference. That's what I would do. Yeah, I would skip the uh, Rivers of Light. I don't think that's necessary. You could do most of those rides twice in that park if you get there early enough. Oh, yeah, if you're rope dropping, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I tell people it, it looks like there's like so many people, and then you're a little intimidated by how many people are walking to the same attraction right at rope drop. But if you just stick it out, it's going to be for the best. It's going to be better than like saying, like, I'll come back later, because when you come back later, it's going to be way worse. So it'll go by kind of, it'll go by way quicker than you anticipate, like first thing in the morning, because it, it does look a little daunting when you see that many people gathered around, you know? Mm-hmm. But it I does. Agree. Fast. It does go fast. Mm-hmm. It does. All right. So that pretty much sums up how we would hard charge in the parks. You know, you're going to have your own style, but if you don't have a style, you know, take a look at touring plans and uh, maybe they can help you out. Adam, I believe you had one last question for uh, Angela. I did. So, Angela, a couple of weeks ago, you and Brian McNichols, notice how I've name dropped a ton of people in this episode. I did that on purpose. Um, <laughs> you guys had a question and answer show, and I put a question in there, and you didn't answer it. So now you're on my show, and you have to answer it. Favorite okay. quick service in Hollywood Studios? Favorite quick service? I don't have one. Oh. Good answer. Good answer. That's what you said the last time. I don't have one. I really don't. I mean, I haven't been to enough places lately to give a really good answer. The last quick service that I had at Hollywood Studios was Woody's Lunchbox. All right. Yeah. Did you like it? Well, it was fine. Okay. It was heavy. Except it was heavy food. Are you yeah. satisfied with that answer, Adam? I'm really not, actually. He's I've not. Been wait- I've been waiting like two months to ask her this question again, and I didn't get I didn't You get could have answer. tweeted me that question at any time. Well, I did time. tweet you the question, and, and I was hoping to get the answer on the show, and you didn't answer, and I was like, when do I have her on? I'm going to ask her that question again, so she's on the spot. Oh, my but, goodness. Well, oh, Adam, I am, everything for me is predetermined. Let's not, don't forget it. <laughs> Sometimes. Premeditated, I should say. Sometimes the anticipation is much better than the actual event itself, as is the case here. Isn't that mm-hmm. the truth, Tony? All right. Well, listeners, if you have any questions, uh, please uh, message them so we can let Adam know what, you, what you'd what you like to know. Uh, he won't wait two months to give you a, a, a so-so <laughs> answer. I'd like to thank everyone for listening today uh, and our, especially our special guest, Angela Dahlgren from Touring Plans. Uh, she is their social media manager. So, Angela, if you'd like to plug any of your social media, feel free. Sure. We are Touring Plans or at Touring Plans on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Um, touringplans.com is our website. And I am at Angela Dahlgren. That's D-A-H-L-G-R-E-N at Angela Dahlgren on Twitter and Angela underscore Dahlgren on Instagram. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always I always feel so lucky and so not worthy when I'm asked to do podcasts. So I, I really appreciate it a lot. Uh, we we appreciate having you, uh, even though we're a bunch of uh, like a bunch of monkeys. Uh, we we enjoyed talking with you, 
and uh, hope our listeners enjoyed everything. So Adam, he's the man behind our social media, well, one of our social media accounts, and that's the Twitter feed. Adam, you want to talk about Twitter? Yeah, so follow us at The Mouse and More on Twitter. Excellent. And um, you could see me, you know, asking Angela questions on there. And you can ask me questions, and you could ask her questions. Maybe she'll answer, maybe she won't. I don't know. Maybe she probably she won't. <laughs> maybe I'll say I don't have one. <laughs> When it comes to quick service, you won't find me answering questions on Twitter because I forget I even have it <laughs> unless I have to file a complaint with the airline. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember about Twitter. I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, let me just tweet them real quick and say, you hey. Tweet just a list of airline complaints. <laughs> yeah, that's all my Twitter is. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Hey, you guys canceled my flight, but the airline's still, I mean, the airport's still open. What are you? do about it <laughs> but she, yeah that's basically all it is she might not have twitter or remember that she has twitter most of the times but liza you do run our instagram account or at least uh, you have a hand in our instagram account yeah i post there you can find me on instagram it's the mouse and more podcast on instagram and Excellent. Uh, yeah I'm, we're posting there and then we do have a private facebook group the mouse and more podcast and if you join we have it's a pretty active community of disney enthusiasts and people that are going on trips or planning trips so it's really it's fun excellent and if you are planning a trip uh this show is sponsored by main street and more travel uh, just reach out to us and we can set you up uh, for any Disney or non-Disney related destination you may have in mind. So until next time, I'm Tony and I've been joined today by Adam Liza and our special guest, Angela Dahlgren. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. Good night. Thanks, Angela.